this is a way to get rewarded for creative work. It's one of the only places right now where you can come up with an idea, put it out there and actually get people to care about it and, and pay you for your work. So that's that's a really amazing opportunity for anyone who wants to really think deeply and, and be creative and kind of like execute on, on ideas. the show that's going to help you understand what NFTs are, how to use them, how they work, and all that good stuff. By the time we're done, you'll be able to explain how NFTs are more than just million-dollar pictures of monkeys. I'm Rawion. And I'm Phosphorus. That opening clip you just heard was from Vandal from Project Indigo. Okay, today is really exciting because we got to chat with Tim and Vandal from Project Indigo. Vandal is the original artist for Project Indigo, and he's pretty much in charge of the story stuff. And Tim is the developer on the team. Project Indigo is the brainchild of Vandal, and he has been inspired by visual novels, role-playing games, and story-driven board games. And so when NFTs were launched, he thought to himself, how can I use this technology to create something awesome and story-driven for a holder of the NFT? And that's how Project Indigo came up. Right. So they're doing this whole interactive storytelling thing, which is really cool. But Project Indigo first started as an NFT collection of 3,000 Wastelanders. And Wastelanders are these little pixelized, apocalyptic-looking characters. And they all have different attributes and, you know, like lasers coming out of their eyes or purple hair or different clothes, that kind of stuff. So as you participate in this story mode, you'll be able to go on raids with your NFT characters. You'll be able to vote which way the story goes or which actions certain people should take. Vandal talks about this, how if you have certain elements uh, like in your NFT, like a certain attribute, like a card or a gun or a machete, you'll be able to do things that other characters won't be able to do. Okay, I'm getting off track, but it's going to be kind of like a choose your own adventure story but with a thousand other people that also get to choose where the story goes. This episode really got me thinking about what's possible with NFTs and how you can make things so much more interesting and interactive when you really get creative with it. It's going to be so much fun. And with that said, let's drop in. The Airdrop Crew guests are not registered investment advisors, and all their opinions are theirs alone. There are risks involved in placing investments in securities, or in Bitcoin, or in cryptocurrencies, or in anything else, if we're really honest with ourselves. None of the information presented today is intended to form the basis for any offer or recommendation. This is not financial advice. This show is purely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. All right, today we've got Vandal and Tim from Project Indigo. You guys want to say hi? Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right, so that first voice was Vandal, and the second voice was Tim. <laughs> it could be hard when we're just talking to disembodied voices. It's like you can't tell who's who. All right, so uh, we want to get started the way we always get started, and we want to ask you to explain NFTs to somebody who has just no concept, has no idea what NFTs are, how it all works, and try to keep it to a fourth grade reading level, right? So um, how do you explain NFTs to somebody who has just no concept? All right, I can I can start. 
Uh, I have a kid. She owns some NFTs and I can kind of get into how I explain it to her. And I started with letting her know, you know, it's a way to prove ownership of unique items. And instead of talking about hashes on a blockchain or anything, I just have her think about it as a digital fingerprint. Like I said, she owns some NFTs, so she has her own ape and a couple of things on Ethereum that she just thought were cute. But uh, I wanted her to know that it didn't just have to be art. So I brought her to this video that was way back around the DAO hack, where there was a company using NFTs to unlock different locks. So they were using NFTs to unlock doors, bike locks, uh, things like that. So I brought her to that video. And then, yeah, we kind of just, I keep uh, keep it going with her. She's talking about it to people at school. Parents are asking questions. So it's kind of cool to see her interest in NFTs grow over time. Yeah, that's 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 like a really interesting analogy with with kind of like unlocking. And I think like from my from my view, it's like, I see it as kind of like different levels, right? And different projects kind of use NFTs at different levels of, I guess, utility or different levels of complexity, right? So at at the base level, I just would say it's a piece of art like that, you know, it can be owned, it can be kind of bought and sold. It doesn't have to be art, but it's typically attached to a piece of art, right? That's that's like a typical implementation. So you own it and you can buy it, sell it on marketplaces and, you know, it, it may it may one day have value. And then kind of at, at another level, it's like a collectible, like a baseball card or something, right? So it's just kind of unique and it might have some rarity to it. And and that's that's kind of like another way of, of viewing uh, NFTs, at least for, for many collections. And then like a character or an item, right? It could be like something that has some use. It could be a meaningful thing. Um, maybe it's a, a gun that you can use inside of a game or it's like a character that has some purpose in a story. And that's kind of another, I guess, layer or level of complexity. And then I think at the top end, you you can view it as a key, right? And this gets back to what Tim was giving a, a physical example. I think that can also be a key to an ongoing kind of experience or even like a lifestyle or a brand. And that's where I think you see like the top, you know, kind of the most successful projects heading in that direction. And so I think what what is an NFT? I think there's many answers to that, but it's ultimately something that could act as as sort of a key to an experience. And I think that's what that's what excites us the most about them. Uh, yeah, I really like the aspect of of a key to unlock something. And of course, NFTs are this digital key that you always carry with you. And yeah, when you own it, you get to access to stuff that other people don't, or at least some projects are doing it like that. In other projects, it's NFTs are just digital art. But I think the, I mean, this is a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, but like utility of an NFT, really, it really is in the smart contract and what it opens you up to. So I think that's, that's that was a good answer. So let's uh, let's dive in here. So Vandal and Tim, first, right off the bat, how did you guys meet? How did all this happen? Can I get the the origin story here of how did how did Project Indigo come into being? Yeah, I mean, I I uh, I kind of came up with the the general idea, and it it actually started with Megapont. Well, it started with a coworker of mine. I should say this first. I was kind of curious about the whole space. Mostly, I was curious about it as kind of just an interesting part of an overall investment strategy at first. And it's like, oh, this is this is kind of compelling like what what is this about so i asked a co-worker about it um that was actually drew falkman who people might recognize the name from the space and he kind of gave me the the 101 the rundown pointed me to a few projects 
And from there, I ran across Megapont, who had not yet released their Megapont apes. And I just started following that. And then I was like, oh, they're having a mint. What, what's a mint? Let me, let me figure out what this is. And then I kind of looked into that. Um, and then I said, oh, okay, they have a Discord. Okay, they have a like a list, you know, for people that can do the mint, right? And so I just, basically, that was my onboarding to NFTs and ended up minting those uh, Megapont apes, which turned out to be a good idea. A good idea? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of a, a lucky first experience, I guess. But then, you know, I, I just, I got to know the team there. I saw that what they were doing was really cool, that they were creative people, right? They weren't just trying to make money. And I was like, I want to do this. You know, I I, uh, I have a, a variety of, of interests that I think kind of just somehow came together. And I was like, I want to tell a story. I'd love to create maps. I'd love to create worlds, you know, and, and, and this whole thing just kind of started forming up in my brain. I put together some initial crappy, you know, sketches and things and, and showed them around. Um, and then I realized I need a dev, right, to, to make this thing actually work. So I, I put some feelers out there. And uh, yeah, I mean, Tim can kind of describe what happened next. Yeah, sure. So uh, like you said, I kind of have a similar story uh, with Megapont. I'll, I'll take it back just just a little bit. Back in uh, 2013 in Jiu-Jitsu, I heard about Bitcoin from one of my training partners. And since then, I just kind of obsessed with Bitcoin, started looking around to different cryptocurrencies. Uh, it actually allowed me to travel. I, I got to get away from like the corporate world I was in. I actually lo- lost my younger brother uh, years ago and it allowed me to go to the jungles of Peru and I did something called ayahuasca. We don't have to get into that. But after leaving that, I got into more more into development because I've always been like a tinker, but I wanted to get a lot better. So uh, I got more into development and kept that going. And then during COVID, I actually joined a boot camp. And during the boot camp, somehow, I, it's really hard to point my finger at it, but I saw something about Megapon. I don't know if it was Twitter, but somehow I ended up in their Discord totally accidentally. And they ended up being my first mint, which like Vandal said, has been great. At the time, I was talking to different people, trying to get into some sort of Web3 project. Had a couple conversations with different people and none of them really felt right. But once we talked, um, we decided to hop on a call and it just felt right. We clicked. And we decided to start building Project Indigo together. And I put the bootcamp that I was in on hold. I'm kind of finishing that up now, but I'm also in, in Clarity Camp. So as we're building all this, there's a big learning curve. Community has been great. And I got to give a big thanks to a lot of people that helped put this together, including uh, Byzantians, DexNFT, uh, and Megapont. So you guys met in the Megapont Discord and just putting out feelers of like, hey, who wants to build a project out? He's actually uh, on Twitter. Okay. That's where he was. Uh, that's where I saw his art uh, being posted. He was just kind of putting it out there, asking if people were interested in it. And I thought it was really, really dope. And it seems like a lot of people feel the same. Yeah, we, we, I think we realized that we were both in Megapont sort of while we were connecting on Twitter. So, so Vandal, are you the artist in this uh, for Project Indigo? Yeah, right. So initially I was an artist and I put together a draft of kind of like an introduction to the story element because we knew we wanted to have like an interactive story. And then that has 
kind of evolved into community manager, talent recruiter, writer, sometimes artist still, web designer. You're wearing all the hats. Well, yeah, everything except development, which uh, which Tim is is handling and handling well. So the responsibilities have been quite honestly, a little bit more than I anticipated. And I think that just comes with really wanting to to run a successful project and, and really wanting to be creative and, and do something interesting. But yeah, a lot of hats, but we found a lot of help too. So we're working with some pretty amazing people, both on the dev side and on kind of the art and content side. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a learning curve in many ways, not just on the the technology side. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to get into the whole idea of what you're doing because... It is really interesting. So can you explain just this idea of interactive storytelling and what this looks like? And how did you come up with this idea? I guess there's there's a bunch of ways to kind of explain uh, or compare what we're doing to other things. Um, are, are you guys familiar with like the old Choose Your Adventure books? Oh, I yeah. used to love those as a kid. I would just spend hours in the library dying on page four and five and six. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit like that in that you're you're reading a story, right? And things are going to start happening and you're going to be able to choose which way you would like the story to go. But there's more to it than that. So we have our entire community reading this chapter, right? And they are going to be able to choose which way the story should go at the end of the chapter. But they actually have a certain number of votes to kind of put towards that choice. And that's based on what they're holding in their collection. And so a person who's holding a certain threshold of our Wastelander NFTs is going to have more votes to spend on that story direction. Also, if they're holding certain NFTs, like our main characters, they'll just have more voting power than others. That's that's one interesting element. And the story will go in the direction that the community votes as, as a whole. But on top of that, there's kind of other elements that are going on. So the story is also going to react to the traits NFTs have. So you'll be able to see and use different content and also get more reward in the form of talks, which is our currency, by having certain traits during a certain chapter. So one chapter might give a bonus to people who have a certain kind of hair, right? Or, or holding a gun during this chapter, or maybe they have like a certain type of sensor that they're carrying. So there's, there's this kind of interesting element of what you're holding matters, how much you're holding matters. You're able to influence the direction of the story. You're able to get reward in the form of this currency. And whether your vote, you know, whether you vote for the winning sort of choice for the story or not, you're still getting some reward in the form of this tox currency just for participating. And we have a lot of interesting ideas on top of that as well, you know, in terms of kind of little gameplay elements, Easter eggs, things built into the story itself. One of those things is going to be holding partner NFTs. So we've we've partnered up with a few projects, the Bitcoin monkeys, the Stacks Parrots, the 3D Parrots. Crash Punks most recently, and of course, Megapont. So if you're holding some of those NFTs, uh, you're going to find that you have more content in the chapter as you're reading it, and you'll also get some bonus currency as a result of having those partner NFTs. So yeah, it's it's been really interesting. But I think yeah, as far as like what it is or what the inspiration was, I think it is kind of like the Choose Your Own Adventure novels. It's also, there's there's I'm a big fan of board games, and there's some really interesting board games out there one that has been influential for me is called Gloomhaven. And the way that this game works is you periodically kind of run into these events or these scenarios where you have to make some kind of a decision. And so, you know, you might run into somebody who's hurt on the side of the road, right? You're traveling and uh, they're asking you for help. So you can either give up one of your items and help them, 
which is kind of a cost to you, or it's like, you know, what, why would I do this? But you might have some hidden reward for doing that. Or you can tell them, you know, tough luck and, and move on. And then maybe some other effect happens, right? It might be rewarding in some way, but you might have a disadvantage in another way. So board games are another big source of inspiration for this. Of course, RPGs, we have these interactive conversations in the story where you can talk to one of our characters and they'll say something, you say things back and you kind of go, you can unlock uh, progression in the conversation. So if you've played RPGs like Fallout or even like some of the old visual novels, Hideo Kojima, who is known for most well-known, I think, for Metal Gear Solid and now Death Stranding, he had some old video games where uh, you were kind of a detective and you're going around asking questions and kind of trying to solve a mystery through these interactive conversations. And so those are also a big inspiration here. So yeah, I think it's just like taking elements from all these genres, all these games, all these experiences that I've always loved and using NFT technology to kind of like make it more interesting and, and give you like a real sense of, you know, making use of the things that you've acquired from our collections. This is so cool. Just the concept in general. I've, you know, just recently found out about what you're doing and it's just so interesting. So do you have the whole story kind of spelled out like a, a choose your own adventure book? It's all already in there and the author has planned out all of the options and where people can go with Project Indigo. Is that more what you're doing? Like you have you have an idea of all the possibilities of where it could go or is it like step by step participants or the, the, the people involved? Are they helping you actually create the story as you go? That's an interesting question, right? So what it is, is like one thing that I think is important is that we do want to keep the story organized. We want to have it kind of run in these acts. Like if you imagine a season of a TV show or something, we want each act to have a plot, right? Like a start, a middle and an end. And so that people periodically do feel as if the story is resolving in some way, right? And they get some some enjoyment out of that. What we don't want is this ongoing, meandering, pointless story that just feels like a soap opera, right? That never ends. So we want to organize it in acts. We're going to keep doing that. We'll keep telling the story. For the first act, we definitely have a sense of kind of what the end point is, and we have a bunch of possibilities for the middle, right? So as the players kind of decide on the path that they're taking, we are aiming towards certain kind of events, right, that need to happen in the story. But we don't have every single detail laid out. Like, we don't know exactly when you're going to meet X character or we'll use X trait in the story. We're kind of keeping that flexible because we want to keep that creative energy going around, like, kind of what, what the story is that we're telling as we partner with more projects and include more ideas just in the gameplay and how we want to use our future collections and future NFTs. We want to keep that pretty flexible so that we can work those things into the, the narrative as we go along. But we definitely have a, like some goalposts in terms of this is what the possible endings are. And then like there's a bunch of kind of midpoints where there's, there's ways to get there, if that makes sense. So we definitely want to keep doing that. I think as we get into another act, like act one is going to run for some time. It's not just going to be like a few weeks of, of chapters and then it's done. We want to like kind of have a really rich ongoing experience with the act one profile picture collection. And then those are still going to be relevant, right? Those those Act 1 NFTs are definitely going to be useful throughout all of the future acts and just for the, the whole life of the project. But as we get into Act 2, for example, we probably will release another collection that kind of gets into, all right, maybe we've moved on the map. We're in kind of a different location now. There's different people. It's like a different culture, maybe a different population that we're talking about. 
And so we may do a collection for those characters, right? But they'll be they'll definitely be kind of like in addition to the experience as opposed to like sort of deprecating or making the old collections useless or making sure that as we do more collections, they just enhance the things that you can experience and give you more options for gameplay, more options for story. And it's not like it's making the old things less useful. So that being said, like we're doing the story and that's going to be a lot of fun. But we do have other gameplay experiences kind of planned that will run outside of the story. The story is only going to come out every two or three weeks, right? We have to prepare content. We have to do um, voice acting. We have to set up, you know, the front end and everything and make sure that everything's working each time. So that's going to be something that a holder can experience every few weeks and go in and, okay, there's more content. I'm getting some bonus talks. I'm able to vote. You know, I see some amazing art. We're working with an artist who's going to create these chapter arts every scene which are going into their own collection, which is really exciting. But outside of that, it's like, well, what do I do on a Tuesday if I just want to use my NFTs? We're coming up with some interesting gameplay experiences. So you'll be able to form a party. It's kind of an RPG-like experience. So you put three Wastelanders in a party. You can choose up to one, you know, just one of your partner NFTs. So you might put a Crash Punk in there. You might put a Bitcoin Monkey or Megapon Ape or a 3D Stacks Parrot. And that will, you'll have a certain power to that party right? Based on the traits that those things have. And then, you know, you'll be able to go through a series of monster battles. So we're hoping that's going to be a lot of fun. The monsters will give you more and more reward as they become more difficult, but then you'll risk losing the tox that you've gained from fighting them. So it'll be kind of an interesting press your luck sort of gameplay. And you'll be able to do that like a lot more frequently than you can do the story because uh, it's going to be more of an on-demand experience. So we're really excited about that beyond that. You know, we're looking to release an equipment collection where you'll be able to actually give those Wastelanders weapons and armor and things to enhance their abilities. As we do that, we'll release more kind of strategic elements to those battles and give you different kind of options and ways that you can make decisions. Of course, we'll release like some new monsters and more difficult situations as well. We have some fun Easter eggs planned there based on some of the things that the community has done. So we're really excited about that kind of thing as well. Long term, we'd like to get to a point where you're not just earning the tox currency. Tox currency is really cool, and you'll be able to buy the equipment collection with it, which I think is going to be exciting. But long term, we'd like to see where you have a chance to get something like kind of like a relic or a treasure where you can, you know, you might find a really special item from a limited collection. And then again, it's like, how do we make use of those, right? So if you find an ancient computer or something as a relic, we want to make sure that like you can use that for something in the future. So maybe special missions that you can go on or scavenging runs and things like that. So we have a lot of interesting plans. Our main thing is to just stay creative and make sure that our NFTs have a purpose. They have utility within the experiences that we're creating. Wow. Okay. There's a lot to unpack right there. Can you just give me a really, first and foremost, what is the story? What is, where, what's happening in Project Indigo, what is the what is this world? Could you give me a little synopsis here of what yeah. the characters are involved in? What's happening? Right, right. So we're in a kind of a, a post-apocalyptic wasteland in the northwest United States. A lot of time has passed, you know, compared to where we are today. Rough estimate, I would say we're somewhere, you know, in the late two thousands or maybe the three thousands even. So this is the far future. The Northwest is nothing like it is today. It's arid. It's kind of a a desert sort of environment. The climate has changed. 
Project Indigo. What is Project Indigo? That's a mystery right now. We're leaving that. Oh, come on. We're leaving that for much later. But, you know, there, there are definitely elements. If you're familiar with the Fallout games, those, those are definitely a strong influence here. Think nuclear fallout, radiation, DNA mutation experiments, secret government projects. You know, the, these are all factors to the story. But where we are right now, as we open up the first chapter, is essentially you are playing as a group of wastelanders, people who are just kind of living out in camps in the wasteland. And you can see a map on our website to kind of get a sense of, of the, the locale. And you are approaching the reach, which is kind of like where people have organized and created like one of the only centers of population. And so you're, you're, you're approaching the reach because your camp has been attacked, right? And you, you're, you're basically seeking shelter. You have no other option. But the reach is a very corrupt and dangerous place. So it's, it's not somewhere that you necessarily wanted to be. But now you kind of have no choice, right? And you'll meet some of our, the first of our main story characters in the first chapter. So Kana Morimoto was kind of like the leader of this city. And you'll also meet another character from our, from our eight animated main story characters. Um, and those will be the ones that you have those interactive conversations with in the first chapter. Now, those, those characters that are the quote-unquote main characters, do people own those NFTs or is that just part of the project? Yep. Those eight characters are, they represent kind of the top, top eight rarity of our Act One collection. So there's eight animated NFTs, and they are all main story characters, meaning they'll have a prominent part in the story, and they'll be, you know, the primary ones that you're having those interactive conversations with. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and those are, the holders of those NFTs aren't writing out the scripts. The scripts have already been written. Yeah, no, we're we're creating the story. I'm creating the story primarily now with the support of another excellent writer. And yeah, and that's it's it's going to just kind of unfold and evolve as people vote on the direction. We'll prepare another chapter and you'll get to meet more of these characters and see how things are are progressing towards, you know, ultimately what's going to be a conclusion for act 1. Okay. This brings me just into the next question. This sounds really awesome. Can you explain like, how does participating in this or playing this game look in the real world? I ha- I've bought an NFT. How do I use it? What do I do? What does it look like to play? Sure. So as we release the first chapter, which is probably going to be around the time that people are listening to this podcast, you will go to our website. You'll connect your wallet, you know, similar to how you've seen, you know, you connect your wallet to a marketplace or, or other sites. And what you'll see is that if you hold a Wastelander in your wallet, you're able to start the story mode. You're able to do the next chapter. And so you'll see, you'll see kind of your party at the top of the screen. You'll see you know, your Wastelanders in your wallet. We'll show a few, and you can expand it to kind of check and make sure like you have all of them in there. You'll want to keep all of your NFTs from our collections. And if you're going to use a partner NFT, you want to have that in the same wallet. We have the mechanics where we're going to give you rewards for doing the story and where you're going to have like the, the voting power. Those things run kind of in tiers in some cases. And so you'll definitely, it'll be an advantage to have everything in the same wallet. So you'll put those things in a wallet. You'll connect it to our website. You'll be able to start the story chapter. And then you'll see some of the amazing art that co.dll has created. He's the artist that we're working with for these kind of chapter scene arts. That art has already dropped, by the way. Chapter one's art has already dropped to a random Wastelander holder. So he's in our Discord. He's obviously pretty thrilled. 
So we're going to be giving those out to people in the community in a variety of different ways. Some of them will be free drops. Some of them might be a talks raffle where you have to spend some of the talks that you've gained by using our features to kind of enter to win. And some of them we may do as like an auction, like a stacks auction. But so you'll see that amazing artwork. You'll, you'll kind of read through the first parts of that chapter. And then you'll run into these, these characters, right, that we talked about. And then you'll have these interactive conversations. Tell me more about this place. You know, what are, what, what are you doing here? Hey, how can I find some help? What's, what's, you know, you, have, you click on these different dialogue options. Some of them will only be available if you have certain traits in your wallet. So, for instance, um, if you have weapons in one section, you may be able to click on a response to what Kana is saying that other people will not be able to click on. And then you'll get talks, right, for that response. So you'll go through these interactive conversations. You'll be learning about the world. You'll be learning about the characters, you know, and it'll be advancing, of course, like some of the plot points. And as you get towards the end of the chapter, that's where you'll get your vote, your options to vote, right? And your party that's in the connected wallet will have a certain power that they can vote with. And like I said, that's going to be based on how many you hold, but also like the type of NFTs that you hold. So if you hold a few wastelanders, you might have, you know, 20 voting power. If you have a certain you know, tier higher than that, you might have 30. A tier higher, you might have 40. It is kind of diminishing returns after a certain point because we don't want to just encourage people to try to collect the entire collection um, to completely dominate the story voting. But that voting power will be converted into talks once you make the vote. So there's always going to be a reward for participating in the story voting. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for, for the story mode. You'll gain talks that way. You'll influence the outcome of the next chapter. Once we release the raid feature, you'll be able to then just do raids kind of like on demand whenever you like as you're waiting for the next chapter. And that's a way to earn more talks. When we release the equipment collection, those will come in sealed packs. So you'll be able to get kind of a sealed, it'll look like almost like a pack of cards. And those packs will contain three pieces of equipment randomly. And these are like NFTs, right? Not like a, you're going to get mailed a physical pack of Exactly, cards. right. Okay. They're NFTs. NFTs. So they're sealed. And we're going to reserve some of them that can only be bought with talks. And we'll make the rest available for sacks. And then those sealed packs can be listed and, and traded on marketplaces. And the owners will have the option to open them or not. And then the resulting NFTs that come out of the pack can also be traded. So we're hoping that's going to be a really exciting mechanic. There's going to be some very rare equipment in there. There's going to be some powerful items. There's going to be different rarities. There's going to be different types. Like if we have a laser pistol, you know, the plan is to have laser pistols that do a set number of damage, laser pistols that do a range of damage. You know, we're, we're going to try to introduce a lot of variety to the items that you'll find in these packs. And some of them will be like unique one out of one items, but they will be in, they'll be in those sealed packs. So it should be really interesting to see how the market reacts to that and whether people decide to open the packs or not. So this wouldn't be possible without Web3 and NFTs, unless you're building like an actual game out that you can like download for your computer. And I think that's, that is that right? Is that using NFTs this way is the only way to kind of do this? I mean, I'm sure that you it, like this kind of experience could be done in a fully Web2 way. But what we really like about the NFT technology is that it does give people a sense of ownership, a sense of reward, you know, and just the fun of collecting things and, and having ownership of, of like the assets of the game. So 
you know, we're big believers in that. And I think it's only a matter of time before more people start to appreciate the fact that, you know, by playing this, you know, I've, I've got, I've been able to get myself like a laser cannon or something super cool. And now I own that. It's something that I can trade for other weapons. I can choose to sell that if I'm done with the game or if I want to move on, you know, and, and buy something else. It gives people a, a real sense of reward and, and, and ownership. When you find a treasure in our experiences, it's a real treasure. It's, it's like something that you own and it's, it's decentralized. So we can't take it away from you. We can't, you know, just shut a server off or something. Ultimately, so our experiences are like the gameplay itself is Web 2 for now, but we do have a goal to try to decentralize more and more. And ultimately, hopefully, we'll be able to de decentralize the entire experience. Do you know of any other projects or games currently doing this with NFTs? Or are you the first? I know that there's a few out there. Quite honestly, I need to do my research on some of them. We've just been kind of like just coming up with crazy ideas and executing them. So I'm, I've probably been a little bit lax on my research, but I've heard things about what Axie Infinity. I know that there's some cool things that Sandbox and other virtual world type things are doing. I don't know that there are these sort of visual novels or RPG-like experiences that we are creating out there. There very well could be. Like I said, we've kind of just been coming up with crazy ideas and doing them. At some point, I'll find some time to really research and, and look at what else is out there and see if there's inspiration to be had. I have mad respect for you guys just for coming up with crazy ideas and executing. That rarely happens in the art world, in the creative field. And I'm just, I, I don't know, I'm proud of you guys for just having a crazy idea and doing it. Both of you. I think, I think like that's, that's what's fun about this space for me. I, you know, it's as people look at like doing an NFT project, I think it should be taken as an opportunity to really flex like creative muscles, right? Like the, it's, this is a way to get rewarded for creative work. It's one of the only places right now where you can come up with an idea, put it out there and actually get people to care about it and, and pay you for your work. So that's, that's a really amazing opportunity for anyone who wants to really think deeply and, and be creative and kind of like execute on, on ideas, right? Because ideas do not have value in every space. I mean, if you try to go out there in a web two space and, and, and just put stuff out there, it's very hard to get any traction. So this is an opportunity. And I think like the challenge right now is that it's hard to have a conversation with many people. There is a lot of fear. There's a lot of pushback out there outside of the NFT community, right? And that's made it hard to find people that are really talented, that want to do something creative and want to do something special with this technology. And you want talented people. You don't want people that are just kind of looking to make money or, or manipulate a community. So I think, you know, that's, that is important to us, right? To, to think about the content, to think about the experience. How can we provide something that's really interesting? How do we feel like it's rewarding for us? And I, I think that's that's a huge part of it for us is like if we weren't doing that, you know, I'd, I'd probably just stop because it, it's not interesting to me to just try to drive people to buy more and more collections. And I think like staying original is the thing. The only reason we've been able to attract like a great artist and a writer and other people who are helping us with this project who are actually out like they came from outside the NFT space is that originality, right? Like it's that's what attracts talent. So if you're going to start an NFT project, you, you have to ask yourself, are you ready to put a lot of energy into that experience that you're delivering? 
you're going to release a PFP collection, like why are you doing that? If you're going to have a token, why do you have a token? Coming up with the good answers to those questions, I think is what leads to great experiences. And that's the only way that you're going to keep attracting good talent. Absolutely. And I mean, speaking of talent, Tim, how has it been for you developing this and coming up with the actual functionality for this amazing concept that is pretty new, right? So how, how's it been for you figuring all this stuff out on the back end? Honestly, I was pretty much uh, thrown to the sharks. Like, uh, I do have <laughs> <laughs> experience uh, with development, but uh, a lot of this stuff is brand new to me. So like I said in the beginning, there's been a lot of help in the community that made this happen and continue to help make things happen. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, I reach out to whenever I have questions and everybody, you know, likes to help out and it's been great. I'm currently in a boot camp that I actually put on hold that starts back up this month and I'm also going through Clarity Camp. So trying to become, you know, a lot better with the Clarity language. But along the way, we actually, we were doing a lot of heavy lifting when we were considering the token and we had this whole web three version of everything. And then we kind of had to do a quick pivot to more of a hybrid model. So now you are using your NFTs and we're, you know, verifying that you own the NFTs and making sure all these edge cases are covered so that people can't game the system. But we did have to do, like I said, a big, a big pivot. And now we did pick up another developer to help on the back end because we're trying to really get this out quickly and in a secure way. But over time, we do you know, hope to take this hybrid model into a more decentralized Web3 version. Yeah, I think what's been really interesting about the token conversation is, as I mentioned earlier, it's like, yeah, well, having a token is cool, but what do we want to do with that? And what, like, what's the purpose of the token? How do we want to use it? And we actually found that all the experiences that we wanted to create and the, the utility of the token, we can do in Web2. And we can do it in a way that puts us at less risk, that costs less for people in terms of the community who you know might have to spend fees and things like this. There's a number of reasons that we've kind of chosen Web2 now for our currency. But I think like ultimately it was born out of what are we trying to accomplish with this element right of our gameplay and there's things that we can do with a web 2 token that would actually be quite difficult with the web 3 solution so we're looking at connections to discord we're looking at you know potentially being able to earn and kind of distribute and, and use this token in ways that are really interesting that web 2 definitely enables for us at the moment yeah, like we said, though, it's still it's still definitely a kind of a long term vision to look at how we can decentralize more and more of the experience. And so we'll we'll continue to pursue that. I could even see a case where eventually we we have a token that is something different from Tox. And so, yeah, who knows what the future holds there? But we're, we're really happy with the solution that we've come up with. And we think that it's going to be a fun experience for everybody. Yeah, I mean, the whole concept is just blowing my mind. I'm kind of geeking out about it right now, thinking about the possibilities with this project and i wanted to ask as we're like wrapping up here what does this concept in general mean for authors and creators and world builders moving forward like how is this changing the game for people who just want to tell stories like this yeah i think as i alluded to earlier it's it's like it's it's a huge opportunity it's a chance to be noticed in kind of a newer space 
And I think that's what's really compelling about it for, you know, for creators, especially new creators like myself. So that's that's the opportunity, right? But it does come with a big responsibility, which is, do you need this technology to do what you're doing? If you're going to use it, you know, are you using it to make money or are you using it to provide something that's really fun and compelling for people that are buying into it? So I think it's it's what I love about this space is that ideas can have value, that art can have value, that content can can have value, um, and that people are are rewarding creators like directly. That's that's super exciting to me. And like I said, I, th- I think the main thing for creators is just to think about originality. You know, if you're starting a project from the perspective of, okay, what is a successful project that I can copy, right? Like if I, if I take this concept and just kind of make a different animal or make a different, you know, set of traits, or instead of calling it X, I now call it Y, but it's essentially the same thing as another project is done, then I think you're starting off a, a bit on the wrong foot. So I think for people who are interested in world building and creating compelling content, take the inspiration, the ideas that you already have, and just ask those hard questions. Ask like, what what would an NFT add to this experience? How would the concept of ownership affect the story that I'm telling or the, or the experience that, that I'm creating? And I think there's just a lot of really amazing opportunities along that vein. And that's, that's what we're doing. We're basically exploring that. We're asking those questions. I'm really excited for this, for this project, for you guys. I think what you guys are doing with NFTs, you just alluded to it, Vandal. It's just originality and not doing the same old, same old. And, and that's really, really exciting. I'm excited to play and see where it goes. Where can people find you? Where, where, where can people get involved? Where can people buy the goods? You can find us at projectindigonft.com. Twitter at indigo nft underscore stx. But if you go to the website, you'll see the links to Discord and Twitter. And by the time you're hearing this, our medium info will be there as well. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on, taking time out of your day. And we're just we're just excited to be here with you. Us too. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you guys. Gosh, one thing I think Vandal really drove home was the idea of originality. Like so many projects out there just want to copy and paste what you're going to do. But if you're a storyteller, thinking about NFTs and how ownership changes how your audience interacts and the community that happens, I think, I don't know, I think there's something huge there. Right. And I mean, you can totally just cash grab by copying some other project and doing exactly what they're doing, but changing a little tiny thing about it, but that's not going to last. And and I know a lot of people are just in it for the money. And I guess that's a choice that you can make, but it's a crappy choice. Yeah. It sucks. You know, you could with, with NFTs, you can create something really amazing. That's going to be so much more valuable in every way for everyone involved, not just you, the creator of the project, but your audience and your readers or just the people participating in your project. I mean, and Vandal had this, this, not this idea in the back of his mind, but like he'd been an avid player of video games and story-based interactive board games. Like this has all been working in his head. And so with NFTs, it gave him an opportunity not just to play, but to create. And I think ah, as a creative who wants to tell good stories, I think this is a beautiful option. And I'm excited to see how Act One plays out.
100%. I mean, for me, I would much rather be creative than just scam people out of money. I think that's much more fulfilling, but hey, maybe that's just me. That's not just you. My wheels are turning on like, gosh, Rallyon, if we did a project, what would it look like? What features would be create a fantastic user experience? I don't know. I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking. Right. I mean, they're doing something so incredible and there's so much possibility with everything. What could we cook up? Mm, I don't mm. know. But if you want to know more, you can find us on Twitter at airdrop underscore XYZ. Say what's up, share it with a friend. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. You know, we're a brand new podcast, so we'd really appreciate the help there. And yeah, share it with your friends who are trying to find out more about NFTs. We're really trying to explain this stuff in a way that makes sense for regular human people. And we're just so thankful you're listening up to this point and you're all the way here. I'm, we're, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And remember, all good stories deserve embellishment. You'll have a tale or two to tell of your own when you come back. Mm-hmm.